Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Eber. It is great to be with you today. Lots to get to. It is a Champions League midweek, and uh, wow, what a really exciting Champions League we are off to the races with already. I don't think there's any question that it's going to be an absolutely terrific season in the Champions League. Big surprises with Manchester United. Uh, seems like the addition of Cristiano Ronaldo alone isn't going to be enough, but let's talk about it. And of course, this weekend we have the Premier League back. Aurelio De Laurentiis, my friend and the owner of Napoli Football Club, re- recently has been coming out with uh, some interesting statements about a new iteration on this European Super League concept that he is busy working on. And I think it's probably worthwhile touching on a couple of those issues because um, some of them are actually pretty important. So those are the topics on the table. Plus, we'll talk a little bit about the U.S. Uh, women's and men's national team, the equal place pay situation. Um, I mentioned a little bit about that last week, uh, but that situation is still ongoing. Uh, look, if you're listening on uh, SiriusXM or iHeartRadio or TuneIn or the award-winning SiriusXM app, Welcome you to the show. I'd also like to welcome all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. It's uh, great to have you with me. And if you miss any part of the show, don't worry, because you can catch it as soon as it's over at our podcast network. That is the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast network, or actually wherever you get your podcasts, you can get this show. So uh, we'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe, and then you could uh, download my dulcet tones and uh, this quality show, you can listen to it whether you're in the toilet or running or traveling or wherever it is you listen uh, to your podcast. Uh, it is great to have all of this international nonsense over with, but the sad news is it's not been over with it for too long because we do have some more international uh, qualifying coming up, uh, which is just god-awful. Uh, I can't stand it, but uh, let's enjoy leagues and champions leagues and domestic leagues uh, while we can all right i'm gonna go to break be right back to kick it off world soccer radio right after this All right, welcome back to World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Eber. Great to be with you. I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast, on these very networks. If you miss any part of the show, you can catch the podcast at the Believe, B-L-E-A-V Podcast Network, or anywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, etc., iTunes, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, you can get us. Well... We had a great weekend last weekend in the Premier League. Some really exciting matches and some surprise results. And uh, I know if you followed the show on Friday, I gave you all of my betting picks and tips, courtesy of Bet Online. And right now, of course, if you're a sports better, it's 
back and it's better than ever because not only do we have the Premier League and the Champions League going on, but of course the gridiron is back. NFL teams are back on to start another NFL season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. By the way, how about USC? <laughs> Getting rid of that coach already. Can't stand those guys, but then I am a Bruin. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action with a new and updated site and interface. They've got even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything NFL, Premier League, Champions League, they have it. So head over to the website on you or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. You heard me right, a 100% welcome bonus. So they'll double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. And this show is presented to you by Bet Online. Uh, and so we did have an interesting uh, weekend in the Premier League. Uh, you know, let's uh, run quickly run down the results. Chelsea beating Villa 3-0 at Stamford Bridge. That was somewhat predictable. Uh, Wolves beating Watford away at Vicarage Road. That was also somewhat predictable. Uh, West Ham-Southampton was a surprise to me because I had West Ham winning that match. And, you know, I'm I'm a bit embarrassed to tell you that I actually threw away my picks from Friday, so I'm going to be unable to reference them back. But I will try to be as honest with you as possible and not kind of, you know, pad it because you can always go back and listen to Friday's show and say, oh, yeah, Nick, you're full of crap. You're lying because that's not what you picked. But I believe I picked West Ham to win at St. Mary's, and that was a nil-nil Draw, And I know that would have been very disappointing, um, a very, very disappointing uh, result indeed, uh, because West Ham have been off to, uh, you know, a bit of a flyer, right? And uh, Southampton have certainly not. Um, And so, you know, I know David Moyes would have been disappointed with that. And David Moyes is a good manager. But, you know, two draws in a row against Crystal Palace and Southampton after beating Leicester in the second game of the season, which was a, a huge, uh, you know, boost for them. And, of course, they get a, a really difficult match coming up on Sunday uh, at home against Manchester United. We're going to talk about United uh, separately. So, and Southampton, you know, Southampton have not been a great team so far uh, this season whatsoever. They are winless on the season Three draws in a row, although those draws were against United, Newcastle, and now West Ham. They did lose to Everton 3-1. Uh, and they are conceding goals. I mean, they've conceded six goals. They've scored a goal a game, and that's what's kept them in the mix. Now, Southampton, much like West Ham, have a very, very difficult match coming up because they travel to the Etihad to play Manchester City on Saturday. And I would imagine that'll be three points in the ATM bank for Manchester City. But let's keep going down the results from the weekend. As I mentioned, uh, we got as far as West Ham before I got sidetracked, right? Yes. Uh, There we go. So now let's talk about Man United, Newcastle. Uh, It took them a while to get going. A very impressive debut for one Cristiano Ronaldo, who gets two goals. Bruno Fernandes gets a goal, and Jesse Lingard gets the fourth in uh, deep into extra time. You know, if you don't think Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be an impact to Manchester United, then you don't know anything about Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, is he enough alone 
to turn Manchester United into contenders. They have a great squad. I think defensively, they have a problem. And I think until they address that problem, I still can't pip them to be title favorites or think they are going to um, be able to keep up with their cross-time rivals or to a degree even Liverpool because we're going to talk about Liverpool here um, in a minute. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, great addition for United. And again, this is a, a team that has taken the likes of Edison Cavani, a great example. Another older player, prolific goal scorer. Uh, you know, bring him in off the bench and, and he makes serious contributions. Now, Ronaldo is not really as much as an off-the-bench player, but is he a full 90-minute, high-press, high-tempo player? Probably not. So it's going to be interesting to see how they work that through. Uh, that's the Man United match. Leicester City... At home, losing to Man City. I actually think I had this one as a draw. Uh, nearly was a draw. I mean, you know, I thought Leicester City played well. Bernardo Silva getting the goal in the 62nd minute. Uh, but Man City getting all three points, doing what they had to do. Um, as I thought Brighton-Brentford was going to be a draw. Uh, Brighton actually uh, beating Brentford at the uh, community stadium. Uh, Arsenal finally get their first three points of the season in a 1-0 victory over Norwich. I mean, look, folks, if you'd think that Arsenal are in the wrong position in the table, at the bottom end of the table, I don't know what you're looking at, okay? Yeah, they played Brentford, uh, Chelsea, Manchester City, and now Norwich, and they've scored one goal in those four matches, and they've conceded nine Uh, the problems at Arsenal run deep and are not going to be solved quickly. The big upset match of the weekend was at Selhurst Park, a little London derby, where Tottenham Hotspur went to visit their crosstown rivals and got whomped three goals to nil. Um, this one, I didn't see this one coming, to be fair. I was pretty sure Spurs were going to win this match. And it, to me, is an indicator that, you know, the trouble at Tottenham is a, a brewing. And I know we're only four matches in. I agree, guys. I'm not pulling alarm bells, but I'm just saying. Three good wins against Manchester City opening day, against Wolves, and against Watford. Remember, every single one of these games was won by one goal. It was a one goal to nil victory for Tottenham. And then they go to Selhurst Park, Selhurst Park, and they get beaten three goals to nil. Bad day at the office? We're going to find out. But unfortunately, it doesn't get any better for Tottenham because they are hosting Chelsea on Sunday. And by the way, that is the match of the weekend, in my opinion. And Liverpool, by the way, hosting Crystal Palace at Anfield. Palace just fresh off that huge win against Tottenham. So it is really interesting how all of this is panning out. And, you know, I know it's early in the season. It is very early in the season. And we've got, what, three more match days before we get into uh, the international break again, which is, I think, the eighth or so. Got to keep, keep, keep looking. Chelsea play Tottenham. United play West Ham United. Liverpool play Crystal Palace. Everton play Villa. City play Southampton. Wow, 
I'm Brighton, by the way. He already lost. Brighton Hove Albion in sixth spot. Who'd have thunk, right? Leicester City do have a big match against Brighton. And I think they likely will take the points. But let's round it off, shall we? Liverpool went to Ellen Road and thumped Leeds United three goals to nil. Uh, Harvey Elliott taking a very bad injury to the ankle that's requiring surgery. That will be a problem for Liverpool in the midfield. Uh, but a, 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 a resounding win and Everton uh, beating Burnley at Goodison Park. All right, I'm going to take a break. Uh, let's uh, come back with the Champions League uh, right after this on World Soccer Radio. be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you by now you should have somehow all right welcome back to the show world soccer radio on the sports byline broadcast network and sirius xm i'm nick eber great to be with you uh find me on twitter at nick eber n-i-c-k-g-e-b-e-r or facebook facebook.com forward slash world soccer radio of course you can also uh, catch the podcast at our podcast network the believe b-l-e-a-v podcast network or, you know, iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us there. Do hope you'll subscribe. We are presented to you by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Well, the Champions League games are behind us. We're going to look at the status of the Champions League. Um, some big surprises this week in the Champions League. I mean, PSG um, having a very, very disappointing game against uh, Bruges which was uh, certainly, I don't think uh, anybody thought that that's how that game was going to end. Of course, um, Erling Brodholman, Haaland getting on the board, a massive thriller between both Man City, a nine-goal match, and uh, Liverpool, and uh, AC Milan, a five-goal match, uh, Lisbon, Ajax, a six-goal match. Look, the Champions League is very much the pinnacle of the European game. Uh, I mean, look, we can all agree on that. It's designed to be that. It always has been, even when it was the European Cup. And the thing about it is this. <clears throat> you know, there's lots of discussion. We're going to talk about the comments in a couple of minutes from my friend Aurelio De Laurentiis at uh, Napoli. But there's a lot of discussion about the state of soccer in Europe. Um, clearly, it is the pinnacle of both the national teams and club teams. Uh, yeah, you can argue Argentina, Brazil. I would argue to you that um, probably right now the European teams are uh, somewhat uh, somewhat at a different level right now. Now, the Brazilian team clearly has the ability to, you know, surpass, but... Uh, we shall see what happens. But look, the issue in Europe is this. The Premier League is a monster league. And I was just reading an article, a fascinating article, actually, uh, by World, at World Soccer Talk. And if you haven't been there, I recommend you go there. Um, you know, I've, I've known these guys uh, for a long time, the Gaffer, Kartik. Uh, you know, we, we've, we, we've all been uh, friends together. We've grown up uh, around... Uh, the game here in the U.S. for a long, long time. 
But the Premier League, so they, I, I recommend you go to World Soccer Talk. The Premier League has opted to put the rights for the Premier League back out for renewal as opposed to offering a renewal package to NBC. Now, this doesn't mean that they're not happy with NBC, because they are. It just means that they consider the value of the Premier League to be far beyond what NBC are currently paying for them, which, uh, and the uh, discussion is that a new multi-year deal for the Premier League could exceed two billion dollars that's billion with a b folks now just to put this into some perspective when we talk about the growth of the game my listeners you may not know this but back in 2002 i owned the rights the radio terrestrial radio and satellite radio rights to uh, the Barclays English Premier League. The production was produced by IMG. I owned my company, Soccer Weekly Inc., owned the uh, rights, uh, radio, satellite radio and terrestrial radio rights to the Premier League. I am going to tell you that we purchased those rights on an annual basis for $50,000. <laughs> and now the television rights which obviously are worth more than the radio rights, but the TV rights alone are going to go over $2 billion. So you want to talk about the growth of the game. You want to talk about the growth of the Premier League in particular as the <clears throat> pinnacle league in the United States. Um, it doesn't take a lot of vision to uh, understand <coughs> just how amazingly in, uh, amazingly exponential and i hate to use the word amazing my uh my good friend howard david who really uh, gave me many lessons in broadcasting once told me you that's a word you never use um the growth has just been incredible by the way mls are also getting closer to a, a re-evaluation of uh, and a rebid of their television rights i can't imagine that mls tv rights are going to be all that much more because I don't think they do very well in terms of ratings. We want them to. But anyhow, uh, so where am I going with this? Well, where I'm going with this is that Aurelio De Laurentiis uh, at Napoli uh, is talking about the uh, failed European Super League and how he's saying he is working on a 10 billion uh, euro plan uh, to for a new pan-European league which is, you know, the, the main focus of this pan-European league, the thing that makes this uh, so different from the European Super League is the concept that it's merit-based. In other words, you have to earn your way into this European Super League. And I, I, I kind of ask you, don't we have that already? Isn't that what the Champions League is? And if Aurelio and the other owners have a problem, which they do, no doubt, it's that the value of the Champions League as a tournament isn't enough to bridge the gap between the revenue for the Alt-A European leagues, and I'm talking about Italy, Germany, France, no, not France, Italy, Germany, Spain, compared to the Premier League. What Aurelio is saying is 
look, Serie A's fine, and yeah, Napoli don't win it, but we compete, we're always at the top, we're in the Champions League or we're in the Europa League, but even with all of these tournaments that we attend, all of these leagues that we play in, we still don't generate enough money to compete with the likes of the Man Cities and the Man Uniteds and the Chelsea's and the Liverpool's and the PSG's. And I'm not saying the Barcelona's and the Real Madrid's because those are two teams that have almost destroyed themselves in their attempt to keep up with the big teams, primarily in England, but you have to smatter PSG in there. And so I, I think the issue actually is less needing a new European tournament. I think there's two issues. Issue number one. I think the Champions League is a reasonably good format as it is. Expanding the Champions League and bringing in more teams that people care less about, I don't think is the right solution. I think the, the, the primary issue is that financial fair play needs to be applied evenly across all the, all the leagues in Europe. And there needs to be some sort of multiplier or some sort of um, structure by which teams that don't make as much revenue by dint of the fact that their league doesn't have as much revenue can afford to spend within a certain tier that makes them able to complete, compete on the European stage. Look, if you watched the games today, yesterday, in Europe, you would have seen the dominance of the English teams largely, of course, Man United we can talk about, but I mean, you know, whatever. But in terms of star power on the pitch, it belonged to the English teams, and it belonged to PSG. Didn't necessarily equate to results, but we're only one game in. And so the idea isn't a new European league, the solution is to better streamline the existing European League, put all the heads together that are there, all the geniuses, put them in a room, and come up with a more compelling television package and marketing plan to enhance the value of the Champions League. So that the Champions League can be talking about coming to the US alone and bidding a minimum $2 billion multi-year package, along with the Premier League. creating another tournament of dubious value, a parallel tournament, isn't going to solve any issues. Isn't going to solve any problems. And I promise you this, creating a league where year in and year out teams get in based on nothing but their brand name is not the solution. We have that here in the United States. It's called the NFL. It's called the NFL. It's called baseball. It's called the NBA. It's called the NHL. And yes, those leagues are entertaining, but those leagues are very insular, right? Promotion, relegation, I mean, come on, you know, we're not going to see that in the U.S. leagues. But that is the foundation, the lifeblood of the sporting side 
of the European League. So that's my thoughts on the Champions League. When we come back from break, let's actually talk about the Champions League. We've had match day one under our belt. We've had some surprises. We've certainly had a great big fat pile of entertainment. I'm Nick Eber. This is World Soccer Radio presented by BetOnline.ag. When I come back, we're going to talk about Champions League football match day one. All right, welcome back. World Soccer Radio. Nick Eber with you here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast on Sports Overnight America. Um, Champions League match day one is done and dusted. We had some really exciting matches over the last few days. Um, Surprises? Yeah, we had those. Let's start with the... A later match, and let's just talk for a minute about AC Liverpool AC Milan uh, at Anfield. Look, if you know anything about the history of these two teams, uh, you will know that the miracle of Istanbul was Liverpool versus AC Milan. Liverpool went down 3-0 in the first half, came back, made it 3-3, won in penalties. Kind of considered one of the greatest comebacks yet, right? And then, you know, redemption the next year for AC Milan. Let's say uh, knock Liverpool out of the uh, final, I believe it was, uh, the following year and win it themselves. So, if you think you're going to have a match at Anfield uh, between Liverpool and AC Milan and not have fireworks, well, I don't think you know much about football. Of course we're going to have fireworks, right? Um, by the way, it wasn't the following year. It was at 06, 07. So Liverpool beat AC Milan in 2004-2005, the miracle of Istanbul. Um, uh, and then Barcelona won, beating Arsenal in the final. You, uh, hey, yes. Hey, Arsenal, we're in the Champions League final. Yeah, can you believe that? Shocker. Look where they are now, dead. In, just, just clawed out of the relegation zone of the Premier League. Wow. But the following year, it was AC Milan-Liverpool in Greece, AC Milan winning two goals to one. So you're going to have that sort of fireworks. And, and, and it, it delivered, right? 3-2, Liverpool at Anfield. Liverpool, it, it, uh, to be objective, Liverpool dominated the game. Uh, they fell asleep sort of for three, four, five minutes uh, towards the latter part of the first half. And AC Milan got in and scored two goals. Uh, Liverpool come back, win it off a Jordan Henderson goal. Exciting stuff, great stuff. But it is only match day one of the group stage. Now, I know we're only talking group stages, but I wanted to point out a couple of really big uh, changes in the Champions League this year. First of all, the substitution rule that was used last year because of COVID is staying in place. I think it's six subs. It's five during the regular um, during regular gameplay and six uh, if we go to extra time. That clearly doesn't mean anything in the group stages, uh, but it's five subs. Second of all, uh, the away goal rule no longer matters. Again, not so important in the group stages, but when we get to the knockout stage, it's really important. Now, I hate this change. I really like the away goal rule. 
I, I I know they're saying it it you know it, it it was meant to enhance goal scoring, and instead it's you know it's um, encouraging you know highly defensive play and boring play, etc. I I don't think so. Uh, let's just I tell you what, let's just pretend for a minute that the um, Liverpool AC Milan match that you watched today was part of a two-legged uh, uh, knockout round. AC Milan have scored two away goals at Anfield. Which means if they were to score one goal in Milan in the return leg, <coughs> they would win the tie. Because again, it's not considered two games, it's first tie, first leg and second leg, right? But because of the away goals rule, that now is gone. Now what would happen is it would be 3-3. The fact they scored two goals in, in Anfield wouldn't matter, and the game would go to extra time and then would go straight to penalties. Now, I don't know about you, but I hate penalties as a way to decide a game. I know there's limited options about how you can do it, but I, I hate penalties as a way of deciding who wins the game. If you want to encourage more goal scoring, why don't you say the team that has more shots on goal wins the game? Or something along those lines. But, you know, to sort of to play out 180 minutes plus extra time of, what, 30 minutes? 210 minutes of football. You're going to have a crap shoot that is a penalty shootout. It's a terrible way to end things. Anyway, it's just the way it is. Uh, Man City, huge result today. Big results from Manchester City. They are really uh, proving their mettle. 6-3 Man City against Red Bull Leipzig. Now, I think the question you have to ask yourself is... What on earth is happening that Red Bull Leipzig will call will score three goals at the Etihad? That's a great question. And Gabriel Jesus scores <coughs> the uh, sixth goal after Angelina was sent off in the 79th minute for Red Bull Leipzig. Riyad Mahrez scored a penalty and there was an own goal from Mukiele. Mukiele. Sorry. My phone is vibrating as I'm talking to you, which is never a good thing. What's going on with Man City? Conceding three goals against Red Bull Leipzig. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's three points. Just a question. The big, the big comment for me is with all of that firepower, with possibly the best three, front three, in world football. Neymar, Mbappe, Messi. How is it the PSG ended up tying 1-1 against Bruges? I, look, I've been saying this all along, okay? 
you know, you go to Belgium and your PSG, you need to be winning that game. You've got Messi, Messi, you've got Mbappe, you've got Neymar, you've got Wijnaldum, and Herrera. I mean, come on. The best you can do is 1-1? Mind you, Simone Mignolet is the uh, Bruges goalkeeper. So if you're a Liverpool supporter like me, you know what that means. Very uh, A very disappointing result, I, I, I think, for PSG. Atletico Porto was nil-nil. Bit of a snooze fest. Um, Borussia Dortmund beating Besiktas 2-1. Uh, Erling Brad Haaland getting uh, goal number two. What a player he is. Uh, Ajax whomping on Sporting. Five goals to one. Sebastian Haller getting four goals in that fixture. Shakhtar losing 2-0 to newcomers FC Sharif. And Inter losing 1-0 in Italy to Real Madrid with the lone goal coming from Rodrigo. Look, neither Barcelona nor Real Madrid are impressing me, okay? Uh, let's get to these other matches. Bayern Munich beating Barcelona at Camp Nou, three goals to nil. Uh, Lewandowski with two, Muller for one. They're getting these goals even with their oxygen and their walkers. Um, Dinamo Kiev Benfica is nil nil. The shocker result, I suppose, from the Tuesday matches was Man United losing to Young Boys 2-1. That was in Switzerland. Now, Wan-Bissaka did get sent off in the 35th minute. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo scores the opening goal. Would you expect anything less? Yeah, boy, he is the epitome of the big game player. I mean, I say that all the time, but he really, really is. But at the end of the day, or the end of the the match, uh, they couldn't keep Young Boys out. Uh, playing a man down for, what, a full half and 10 minutes. Uh, it took, uh, finally, Young Boys broke him down the 66th minute. Uh, Gamaleo scored, and then uh, Sibacheo scores in extra time for the winner. So a disappointing start for Manchester United, no doubt. Villarreal, Atlanta 2-2. Sevilla Salzburg 1-1. Lille Wolfsburg 0-0. Chelsea beat uh, Zenit. <laughs> One goal to nil with Romelu Lukaku notching the goal, and I think everybody at Chelsea breathing a sigh of relief about that one. And Juve beating Malmo uh, by three goals to nil. So, surprises? Yes. Shockers? Yes. Early on in the early on in the Champions League? Yes, it is. But I think that's really why it's so exciting. So Group A, Man City on top, PSG tied with Bruges uh, uh, for second because of the tie. Liverpool on top, Atletico and Porto, uh, two and three. Milan at the bottom. Uh, boy, by the way, um, I mean, that's a t- Group B is a tough group. Atletico, Porto, Milan, and Liverpool. That is a tough group by any stretch of the imagination. Group A, Man City, PSG, Bruges, and Leipzig. I wouldn't have considered a tough group. Group C, Ajax, Dortmund, Besiktas, and Sporting. Not a tough group. And Ajax sitting on top there by dint of the 5-1 victory. 
against Sporting. Same thing with Group D. I mean, Sharif is on top of Group D right now um, with Real Madrid. Uh, Inter and Shakhtar rounding out the bottom two. Again, folks, we're one, we're one game in. We're not making any uh, grand statements here. Uh, Barcelona dead bottom, but they did a group E, but they did, of course, play Bayern. Benfica and Dinamo Kiev are the other two teams. I fully expect Bayern and Barcelona still to get out of this group. Um, you know, Group F, would you have would you have thought that after match day one, young boys would be at the top? United dead bottom, uh, Villarreal and Atlanta. I, again, I expect United to get out of it. But who comes out second? Are young boys going to come out second? That would be great to see them in the knockout stages. Group G, Wolfsburg, Sevilla, Salzburg, and Lille. Salzburg, uh, everyone there's tied on one point. That was a bit of a snooze fest. And Group H, uh, another fairly easy group, Juve and Chelsea. They are both uh, one and two. Juve on top by dint of goal differential. So, match day one of the Champions League is under our belt and it is uh pretty exciting it has been uh you know really really exciting stuff i have to say um the 28th is when we're going to get the next match day so we're going to get uh match day two we'll have a week off next week and then the following week we'll be back into match day two and then i think we get into the the 8th of october is the international break so we're going to have a really nice, tightly compressed, exciting Champions League, Premier League schedule. And then, boom, just like, you know, running into a brick wall, coitus interruptus, we're going to hit an international break. All right, this is World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber. I'll be right back after this. All right, just a couple of minutes left here on World Soccer Radio. And a reminder... Check us out. Check out our podcast. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast: Spotify, iTunes, uh, iHeart, TuneIn. We're on all those platforms. Of course, the award-winning SiriusXM app, we're there as well. So, But check out our podcast. And if you can't find us in any of those places, check us out at our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. We are presented to you by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Coming up on Friday, just a little note, we're going to do our patented pundits Premier League preview and prognostication show so that you can have a whole bunch of peas to take with you into the weekend. <clears throat> and we'll be going through all of the matches in the Premier League as we get closer and closer to, uh, you know, the weekend uh, with odds and picks and everything else. Now, tomorrow... Uh, we're going to have uh, some matches. We'll have the full slate of Europa League matches. Uh, those are always fun if you like the Europa League. Um, we'll talk about it here on the show. So be sure to tune in. Uh, I will let you know that um, tomorrow we have... Let's take a look at what we've got on the fixture list tomorrow. Um, let's take a look here. Okay, here we go. Uh, Sparta Prague, Bronby, Rangers, Leon, Monaco, Sturm Graz, Eindhoven, Sociedad, Leicester play Napoli, by the way, that's a match I'm going to watch, definitely want to see that one, <clears throat> uh, Real Betis hosting Celtic, uh, West Ham away to Dinamo Zagreb, those are the matches that I'm going to watch with a great deal of interest, on Thursday, Leicester City will be playing Legia Warsaw in Poland, Rangers will be uh, traveling uh, to play Sparta Prague. 
and um, Celtic will be hosting Bayer Leverkusen. And by the way, these are the games on the 30th, match day two. And then uh, West Ham will be hosting a rapid Vienna. So those are the games coming up the next two match days in the Europa League. Those are also a lot of fun. All right, stay tuned with me right here. World Soccer Radio, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Until tomorrow, folks, have a great night. Enjoy the Europa League tomorrow. We'll chat then. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.